podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Cricket Unfiltered, the News Corp Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Mensel, and this is our Ashes First Test Day 1 report coming to you straight from the Gabba. We will be giving you these reports every day of every test during the series, so stay tuned. But on this report, we have Ben Horn from the Daily Telegraph in Sydney and the great Robert Crash Craddock from the Courier Mail in Brisbane. So here the guys are in the Gabba. England have had a solid day, 4 for 196 at Stumps after the first day of the Ashes. So here's Crash and Ben. Thanks, Manners. I'm here with Crash, the great Crash, after day one of the Ashes series. And, mate, it wasn't the day we were probably expecting, but really absorbing day of Ashes cricket, wasn't it? And, um, it, and you know, as tight as it gets. It was, Ben, and a gargantuan first hour tomorrow. I mean, there it is. It, it could be a series shaper. But uh, I've written a column today just on we haven't had a tight Ashes series in Australia for 30 years or more. Is this the one? You know, I sense that Australia aren't that good and England aren't that bad. So, you know, there's deficiencies in both of them. But all in all, both would see room for encouragement. Australia, they could have bowled better. And yet they're still maybe at level pegging. England, they had three rookies do well. So, fascinating day. What would you see from Stoneman and Vince Crash? Because... A lot of pre-match talk about them being the Neville nobodies in this side and really vulnerable, but they stood up, didn't they? Particularly given the pre-match build-up, you've got to remember four years ago, the great Kevin Peterson was in the dressing room saying to himself, he revealed this in his book, I could get killed at the Gabatoir when Mitchell Johnson was rampaging through. There was zero sign of that fear today. Now, you may say, yes, but it was a flat pitch, but, you know, it's progress and... A lot of teams leave the Gabba and get their mojo about the third test. Well, some of these boys, I tell you, strangely enough, if you, England could have had two batsmen to fail the day, they wouldn't have minded Root and Cook, their two most experienced players, because it meant the others went well. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. And, look, the Australian bowlers, you mentioned, it was probably conditions they didn't quite expect. Uh, at the end of the day, I thought Cummins came good. Probably didn't bowl his best for the entire day there but he just continues to impress Crash as someone that, that can can come up with something out of nothing he's just got that ability to, to make an impact that's beautifully summed up it really is he, he's there are some bowlers have that X factor they make things happen Mervyn Hughes used to do it um, very few look I, I'm really struggling to think you know but, but, but Warney used to do it but very few of them have the, the ability to conjure up something. He'll be a magic man all summer, I sense. Uh, a hard man to subdue. But England are playing the long game here. They're trying to blunt Australia's attack. 
and keep them out in the field. If they're out in the field beyond a session tomorrow, then it's a win for England because blokes will get stiff and sore. They'll sandpaper them down. I know we've got Jackson Bird in the wings and Chad Sayers, but they're not Pat Cummings. Yeah, yeah. Crash, two moments in the day that I thought we'd have a quick chat about. One, Tim Payne grasping a catch off Nathan Lyons bowling and then a short time later, Nathan Lyon executing a run out. Um, They were two important moments in the day. You can't judge a guy on one drop catch, but you've written a nice piece tomorrow about, you know, it it shines a spotlight on just how much pressure Tim Payne will be in all summer. Not his fault, but as a result of the bizarreness of his selection, being selected not out of the Sheffield Shield and barely having kept at that level for two years. Yeah. I once knew a country jockey who, when he came to the city, said... Do you know what? If one of the if Damien Oliver gets caught three wide, he's unlucky. If I'm getting caught three wide, it's because I'm a country jockey. And I thought of that today with Tim Payne because he's been called in from the wilderness. Every mistake he makes, it's oh yeah, well he hasn't had the keeping, has he? Oh well, he hasn't had the build-up, has he? So he will be marked forensically by high standards. It was a catch that a keeper would like to take seven times out of ten, I reckon. That's what you're there for. Yes, it did deviate a bit. His hands were hard. Mm. Just a sign of a, a guy fresh back to his craft, really. Yeah. Yeah. But Ian Healy uh, reacquainted t- Payne with a, a saying that inspired Healy. He came from Jeff Dujon, your hands should be a cushion. Yeah. And Crash, in the end, it didn't have a huge impact on the scoreboard because Lyon... Uh, made up for it with a stunning run out. I mean, he's just a player who is growing in confidence and stature, isn't he? And and I was actually a bit worried about how he would go in this match having talked such a big game because, you know, we're not quite sure whether that was in fitting with his personality. And not all players can talk it up like that and back it up. But he didn't take a wicket today, but he was on point and uh, it didn't seem to affect him. Absolutely. The first Paulie Bowl got a bit of a thick edge and he raised his arm in the air and kept it there almost in triumph. He's up at the moment. He's almost like a guy playing, and this sounds weird because it's not true, but almost like a guy who's made a decision. You know, see guys when they retire, they play their last series and are totally liberated of any pressure. He is just on top of the world. It's the best none for he's ever had in his career. I'm tipping he'll take wickets tomorrow, Ben. And, and your gut feeling on England? Uh, look, I think that the man is Moen Ali. Uh, Milan looked a bit dodgy to me. I think he was probably a bit lucky to stay out there. But Moen Ali is a serious player, isn't he? And um, he's England's scoring was probably too slow today. If you could find one criticism with how they play, he can he can move that along very quickly. So he's the key wicket. I think if he's still there at lunch, England's going to get way on top. But if he falls, um, you know, perhaps Australia will, will sense an opportunity. He's something, isn't he? The sort of half pull, half sweep shot he played for six over a very long boundary. I must say, there aren't too many... You know, you get sensitised to the game, don't you? See a six, a four, whatever. There are very few shots that you think, that's not going for six. That could, not with that minimum of effort, Mm. outstanding. Mm. Fascinating player, wonderful to watch. Yeah. Well, Crash, yeah, it was a great day of test cricket and, uh, yeah, a different start to the match to what we saw at the Gabba four years ago, but uh, this uh, this series is going to have its own tale to tell, I think. So, thanks for joining us, um, and we'll be back soon. Thanks, Manners. Thanks, guys. Great job, and remember, subscribe to the show, rate and review the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with another report 
Thanks for listening to Cricket Unfiltered. 